Hello and welcome to Cutting to the Ball in the Post Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben and I'm joined by Mike and a slight change to the usual. You asylum. <laughs> That's like a beer you owe us already. That's two <laughs> beers you owe us already. <laughs> Ten uh, seconds in. <laughs> yeah, literally 19 seconds in and you owe us two beers. He'll be back in a moment. My housemate Sean is stepping in as Gaz is unavailable this week. He's never podcasted before, so he's popping his cherry. Hello. So yes, today is going to be, going to be a anthology of the strange, volume two. Basically, all the stuff that we we don't think we could probably get an episode out of, but it's still pretty interesting to listen to. You want to say hello to some thank you to some returning listeners, Mike? Yeah, we can do. Please what have do. We got? Moscow. Moscow. Yeah. Edmonton, Canada, Los Angeles, California. Petrikani, Romania, Bangkok, Thailand, yeah. Slough, UK. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Dublin, Ireland, Chicago, Illinois, Arlington, Texas, Austin, Texas, Vienna, Austria, and the top three, Telford, Little Rock, Arkansas, and Westerville, Ohio. Hey, Little Rock's back, and top one's a new one, is it? Westerville, yeah. Ohio? I haven't had that I before. I think so. Welcome. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Welcome to our journey into madness. So, shall I go first, Mike? Go for it, Mark. All right. The Demonic Horrors of Huska Castle. Ooh. Yeah. Where's that? It is in the Czech Republic. It was built, it's a haunted fortress built to contain a gateway to hell. A bit like Hull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is it with you and Hull? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that dog man of Hull. There is that. Yeah. I, and it's a shit hole. A dog man of Hull. Yeah. It's a werewolf. Oh, okay. And apparently someone saw it eating an Alsatian in a ditch. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking for a, a one-way trip to the underworld, there's no shortage of alleged gateways to hell hidden all over the world. Kansas has the infamous Stall Cemetery. Greece has the Cape Matapan Caves, and Indiana had the Demon House until apparently that got torn down by some guy called Zach Bagan in Ghost Adventures. I've never seen Ghost Adventures. No. Pretty metal, though. Demon House. Demon House to say pretty metal, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Demon House. (laughs) Come on in. Oh, man, if the dude who answered the door wasn't red with horns, I'd be seriously pissed. <laughs> Cloven hooved. Cloven hooved, obviously. I'd like actually to look like make him look like the Ned Flanders devil. You know, when uh, Ned's the devil in, in uh, yeah. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> in one of the Treehouse of Horrors. It's interesting that the Greeks have got a, a gateway to hell considering they only became Christians a couple of thousand years ago. Huh. Surely that should be a gateway to Hades. Quite possibly. Yeah. There's Huska Castle. 
a 762-year-old Gothic castle that was built to seal shut what locals believe is the real-life entrance to the underworld. Constructed between 1253 and 1278 in the Czech countryside, the location of the massive mansion was specifically chosen in order to seal up a mysterious bottomless pit where demonic creatures would enter our world after the sun went down. I was going to say, how much is it for a day trip there, but... If it's a bottomless pit, then I'll forget it. (laughs) (laughs) You don't don't want to go to a bottomless pit. How would you go about sealing that up, then, if it's bottomless? That's why you just build a castle over the top, which is what they've done in this scenario. Wouldn't it just fall into the bottomless pit, though? Well, you build it around the bottomless pit, (laughs) put a roof on it. (laughs) Think of it like the the Ghostbusters firehouse. (laughs) Yeah, but all you've done now is give the demons shelter when they appear from the pit. Yeah, well, hopefully they can't get out. They can't get out of a house. They can't get out of this castle. It's a demon castle. Yeah. They just literally climb up and then move in. They've <laughs> <laughs> got this demon sitting around swilling brandy by a fire. Oh, God. <laughs> nice of these humans to build us a castle. <laughs> what ho? Never left us the bloody key to open the door, though. <laughs> Don't open the door. <laughs> the last pizza guy that went there oh, didn't go well for him. <laughs> Terrifying stories about the pit and the monsters that would claw their way out of it at night. Black-winged creatures that were half-human, half-animal spread far and wide. Villagers were terrified to be out of their homes at night, and many of them would never venture anywhere close to the hole, even during the brightest daylight hours. Well, that's understandable. I never tend to venture close to a hole in the daylight hours. (laughs) (laughs) Before construction of the Hellmouth, that's metal, fortress began, all of the village's prisoners who'd been sentenced to death were marched to the edge of the bottomless pit and condemned to a particularly sinister fate. They were tossed in and not tossed off. (laughs) Although I would have been like, look, if you're going to throw me down this pit, the least you can do is give me a hand job. I mean, is that any criminal or is that like some guy just saw a loaf of bread and he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. I already no, stole just... some bread. <laughs> eternity of demons. <laughs> well, unless uh, stealing a loaf of bread is a death penalty in the Czech Republic in the 1200s, then no. If it is, he's fucked. It probably was, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any prisoners who managed to make their way back from the pit alive were forgiven for their transgressions and set free. Well, that's a bonus. I... How do they manage that? Ride atop riding a demon flying at the pit. I'm back. <laughs> Pissed as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Swigging from a splagon of ale. Wouldn't they have just been falling forever if it was bottomless? How would they make their way back up? Climb. Climb. <laughs> Maybe they hit a rock on the way down and get back out again. I don't know, do you? The very first man who was tied up and lowered into the pit began screaming in terror the moment he passed out of eyesight. When the frightened villagers hoisted him out of the darkness, they were horrified to what they saw. The prisoner, who had been a young man only minutes before, had aged more than 30 years while he was in the pit and now had a full head of white hair. (laughs) (laughs) So there's obviously a hairdresser's down there too. (laughs) That's true. Could be worse. Yeah. I mean, I'd be quite chuffed if I came back up out of the pit with a head of white hair. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, do you have hair again? (laughs) Yeah, but you've got to age 30 years. You'll be 65, 67. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you got to take it rough with the smooth. Uh, it's all worth it for the hair, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Not if your balls are hanging by your knees by this point. 
I'm only doing that now. I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be porn star balls, and now they're just sacks. You won't make it as a sailor. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> so, as frightening reports of the demonic creatures attacking locals and dragging them into the bottomless pit began to grow in frequency, the villagers knew something needed to be done. Construction on the massive castle began with the hopes of sealing the gateway to hell for good. This stems to me like Castlevania. It does, yeah. You know, like demons coming out of a castle, dragging people off, killing them, eating them. It ain't good. It's not good. It's not the way I want to spend an evening. <laughs> spend it getting me Dracula. Ooh. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be cool. He was all right in Castlevania. He seemed like a nice chap until they killed his wife. Yeah, then he Spoilers. Went, he went a, <laughs> went a little crazy then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All so depends it, what's on the menu, though, doesn't it? It does. It does. As long I mean, as you're not on the menu, I don't mind. Depends if they're going to half turn you. Or turn you completely. Make you some kind of vampire lord. Some kind of vampire sex slave. Yeah. Okay, well, either way, on the bottom rung of the ladder of immortality is still not bad. True. Once construction had been completed, from the outside, Husker Castle appeared to be just that, a run-of-the-mill fortress. But those who got close to the castle could notice there was something strange about the structure. The visage of the building appears to have many windows... But on further inspection, most of them are fake and sturdy walls have been built behind the glass panes. As if the faux windows weren't strange enough, the castle was also built without fortifications, has no water source, was situated near no trading routes, and for years after it was completed, had no occupants. Not surprised, got a bottomless pit in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> Get pissed one night and stumbling that, you fucked. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I had one too many last night and then fell down the pit. Reason got cover over that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you just, you're there, you moved in with your family, your little toddlers playing around in the garden. Next thing you know, down the pit. Oh, man. Like Eric Clapton. <laughs> they always make more. Well, there is that. Do you know, I'm having fun with that one. <laughs> 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 Uh, another clue to the true purpose of the castle can be found in the faded frescoes on the walls of the chapel, some of which were discovered to be the oldest in Europe. Dragons being fought by St. Michael, scenes of the crucifixion, and a beautiful portrait of St. Christopher. What's strangest is the painting of a left-handed, half-horse creature aiming a bow at a human. Okay, a bit weird now. Yeah. References to pagan mythology were not something found on church walls in this part of the country. And the left hand was associated with service to Satan, which has uh, led many researchers to believe the centaur is a hint at the evil creatures that lurk beneath the church. Yeah, the left hand always considered evil. Do you know what the Latin for left-handed is? I don't. Sinister. Huh. Like you're just taking a jab at me now. <laughs> yeah, Sean's left-handed. So. <laughs> but yeah. Just, just pointing it out that people have distrusted left-handed weirdos for many, many years. <laughs> distrusted as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So even after the bottomless pit had been sealed, strange tales continued to cling to the castle over the years. Those who listened carefully to the lower floors at night could hear the scratching of the winged creatures 
trying to claw their way to the surface. Phantoms were seen walking the empty halls of the castle, and no story is complete without mention of the Nazis, who used the fortress as a secret headquarters. Of course they did. To harness the powers of hell for themselves. <laughs> you know, what do you reckon? A load of bollocks, I'll probably go for. <laughs> <laughs> well, caretakers of the building have witnessed a headless spirit that stumbles through the courtyard with streams of blood gushing from his decapitated body, whose identity they've never managed to uncover. The current owner of the building, Yaramir Simonek, claims to have watched his drinking glass levitate off a table where he and his friends had gathered one evening, only for it to calmly lower itself and slide to the table's centre. One of the most evil presences is regularly encountered in the hunting lodge. One evening, two guests and were winding down the room when they heard a loud thump on the floor next to them. When they turned to look at the source of the noise, they were frozen in fear as two featureless humanoid shadow figures approached her and whispered about having killed young girls. I had nothing to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing at all. Wasn't me. Never been to the Czech Republic. I thought that was quite an interesting tale. A tale it certainly is. Bedtime stories. (laughs) Yeah, well, my kids are being told. (laughs) Don't go to this castle, kids. It's a gateway to hell. Do you want to uh, hit us with yours, Mike? Okay. First up, the Dancing Plague of 1518. I've heard of this. No one knows why this happened, but isn't there a disease called St. Vitus's Dance or something like that? Uh, I'm not sure. Might tell us in this. Right, make you dance. Yeah, it makes you, makes you dance until you're so exhausted you die. That's the worst way to go in. Depends if you like dancing or not, and what music's playing. That's true. <laughs> well, this was an event in which hundreds of citizens of Strasbourg danced uncontrollably and apparently unwillingly for days on end. The mania lasted for about two months before ending hell. as mysteriously as it began. Not Strasbourg, first of all. Not Strasbourg. And secondly, maybe there was just a really fucking good band on. <laughs> it's great if you can't afford to get in the strip club, though. That's true. <laughs> all right then, Mike. Sorry, mate. Go on. In July 1518, a woman whose name was given as Frau Trophia or Trophia stepped into the street and began dancing. She seemed unable to stop, and she kept dancing until she collapsed from exhaustion. After resting, she resumed the compulsive, frenzied activity. She continued this way for days, and within a week, more than 30 other people were similarly afflicted. They kept going long past the point of injury. City authorities were alarmed by the ever-increasing number of dancers. The civic (laughs) and religious leaders theorised that more dancing was a solution. In typical medieval fashion. Like, like dancing with dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Satan's making a dance. We need to dance for the Lord. The cure was a dance-off. <laughs> that was it. a dance-off, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that is, without a doubt, still one of the worst attempts at a solution I've ever heard. But Yeah, funny enough, it's only exacerbated the contagion. <laughs> <laughs> And by this point, as many as 400 people were consumed by the dancing compulsion. 
Well, when you've got to dance, Mark, you just got to dance. <laughs> Sometimes that rhythm just takes over your body. At that point, you'd wonder if you caught the disease or you're just trying to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is dancing, maybe I should dance too. That is a phenomenon, that is. Yeah. There's a video going on YouTube and there's some, like a dance festival, there's like a load of people sitting about and this one guy gets up and just starts dancing on his own and within like five minutes, it's like a massive like fucking rave thing going on. Just in the middle of this field. It's awesome. Yeah. You don't want to be left out. No, that's it. So you'll just dance to death to keep up with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> She's just coming in and going, yeah. oh, the, mamba, the mamba rhythm has overtaken me and starts dancing. And everyone else is like, well, I'm not being left out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a shit though. It's like the lead man's like Michael Flatley going for fucking days. <laughs> I don't think that's a couple of minutes in that scenario. You don't want to stop either because you don't want to look weak, so you got to keep going. That's uh, it. Yeah. Peer uh, pressure. So, last a couple of minutes is usually the name of my sex tape. <laughs> Peer pressure, yeah. I'm sure there's a disease called St. Vitus's Dance because when I was like a kid and a bit hyperactive, my mother would say, Calm down, have you got St. Vitus's Dance or something? No, never heard of it. Yeah, maybe it's a Dory thing. Contemporary explanations for the dancing plague included demonic possession and overheated blood. (laughs) (laughs) Demonic possession and overheated blood. All right, cool. It's just the the demon of dance. Uh (laughs) It's the mask. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What was his name? What was the Cuban guy's name? The Cuban Uh dancer in the mask. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Pete beating the rhythm of the stat mambo beat. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Arguably one of Jim Carrey's best performances. Yep. So what 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 are the, the the new explanations for it then, apart from demonic possession or your blood being too hot? Obviously a fire with samba and mamba. Well investigators in the twentieth century suggested that the afflicted might have consumed bread made from rye flour, contaminated with a fungal disease, ergot or ergo. Okay, I've heard of that. Which is known to produce convulsions. Yeah, they used to use it back in back in the very, very day, back in the dark ages. Like ergo was a thing they used to bought children with. It was like a very so it was like a, a drug. A natural drug, a fungus, and then they would uh, give it to people who were not meant to be pregnant. Ah. So, but obviously it was ordered quite a long dose. The person giving you the dose should ideally know what they're doing, so they'd be like a druid or a wise woman or something. Yeah, in this case, it was a bit of a overdose, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, if they do the funky chicken and they can't help it, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's... You just, imagine if you're doing the funky chicken and you die and rigor mortis kicks in and you're just frozen in that position... You're stuck on the floor, doing, just frozen in with the chicken wings. You don't want uh-huh. that. Well, that's just one theory. Another one is that from American sociologist Robert Bartholomew, he posits that the dancers were adherents of heretical sex. sects. 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 It's quite difficult to say, isn't it? Dancing to attract divine favour. It's a bit much when you're fucking collapsing from exhaustion, though, isn't it? Wow, religious nutters. I suppose the Catholic Church was against dancing, was it? Oh, I've just realised what this is, Mike. 
What? Footloose in medieval Strasbourg. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon rocks up, starts dancing, gets the whole town dancing, all of a sudden. Yeah, that's it. It's got to be it. Well, the most widely accepted theory was that of American med- medical historian John Waller, who lay- laid out in several papers his reason for believing the dancing plague was a form of mass psychogenic disorder. Probably go with that. They're all on mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea that they were um, at the, the dodgy bread and all got high as shit and started yeah. convulsing. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. Well, they're the possible theories. Yeah. Sean, you're going to go seems, for it in? Seems like a lot for it to go on for a week, though, just from bread. Two mm. months, apparently. Months. Months. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it only lasted a few days and everyone was just like, when do we stop now? <laughs> we just keep going. It's our lives now. No one wants to be the first to stop. Yeah. Maybe the one woman was like off her tits on, on her gut and everyone else thought, fuck it. And then it became psychosemantic or whatever it is. Could have been a mixture of a couple of them. Yeah. Or it could have been aliens. So we fucking aliens are you, innit? <laughs> well, I haven't got an alien story this week. So I thought I'd throw it in. <laughs> Go on, then what's your next story, then? The USS Stein monster. In 1978, the USS Stein, a United States Navy-class destroyer, Knox-class destroyer escort, was running special operations in the Pacific Ocean, somewhere ocean, somewhere between Acapulco and Ecuador. Hey, they were going loco down in Acapulco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and sailors on shore leave in Acapulco. <laughs> It's the best place to go loco, man. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> so the song says. <laughs> anyway, it encountered something extremely large and entirely unseen in the water. Completely out of nowhere, the ship began to experience several te- severe sorry, technical issues and suffered the eventual failure of its sonar system. Uh, sonar basically uses sound waves to detect stuff under the water. Like underwater radar. That problem required them to return to California because if you've got no sonar, you're pretty much blind. Upon arrival, the ship was dry docked at the Long Beach Naval Shipyard and maintenance teams went to work to repair the damage of the system. As the teams approached the sonar dome, they took notice of extreme visible damage to the rubber coating that was wrapped around the dome itself. Over 8% of the surface was covered in deep cuts, gashes and scrapes with the deepest of these cut, within the deepest of these cuts, the repair team discovered large curved hooks that were frighteningly similar to the kind of hooks found within the suction cups of large squid. The only problem, though, was that these hooks were almost five times larger than any known squid. Oh, it's got to be the Kraken. It's got to be. It's got to be. Unleash the Kraken. It's be. <laughs> <laughs> Estimating the size of the squid. From the hooks, they reckoned it was from had to be upwards of 150 feet, which is 45.72 meters long. The largest squid known to man only grows up to 46 feet or 14 meters. Uh, the important bit there is known to man. Well, this is it. This is it. Who can say? Could be. I mean, the ocean is huge. We know more about the moon than we do our own ocean. Yeah. So there's, there's every chance the Kraken is trotting about. I hope so. 
down there. Yeah, because I want to shoot Unleash the Kraken uh-huh. at the right opportunity, usually just before I make love. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what but you wouldn't, say or what she said? That's what I say. Oh, okay. I sort of say, shout, unleash the Kraken and just jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's never been encountered again, or hasn't been encountered since. That they think that in the article they seem to think that the name Monumental Squid would be would fit nicely rather than Giant Squid. Fuck off, huge Squid. I would also go for <laughs> metric fuck ton of calamari. Something like that. I mean, they're lucky, really, that they never, you know, they're this giant squid's attacking them, so therefore it's got all its tentacles wrapped around the hull of the ship. They're open fire, man. They could have fed the Navy for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd have been cooked high explosive shells. They'd cooked them very nicely. You'd miss a trick, I think, personally. Oh, I don't know. I've only had squid once and I wasn't impressed. I've never eaten it, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's not nice. No. It's pretty gross. It is, isn't like it, man? It's it. got no taste. It just, it's like a rubbery texture. It's, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't like, I don't eat animals I like. So would it have been big enough to have dragged them down then? Well, maybe. It doesn't say how heavy the ship was, actually, but being a destroyer, it's probably got to be about 20,000 tonnes, something like that. So it's, it's no small object. <laughs> That's what she said. Hey. Because <laughs> the sex puns are coming up fucking thick and Thick and fast this week. Yeah. Well, we are three months into lockdown now. Well, yeah. I am. When I emerge from lockdown, I will be three and a half metric tons of raw sexual aggression. <laughs> lockdown has not been kind to my waistline. Still, that's what happens when the sun's out. Got to have a beer, aren't you? That is a conundrum. Yeah. Do you want to um, do your next one there, Mike? Okay, next one. The horror of the hairy hands. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hairy hands, eh? (laughs) Okay. And it's not your Uncle Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, always, them hairy hands, always sneaking in. (laughs) 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 Yeah, (laughs) Go on then, Mike. Tell us about these hairy hands and the horror that they inflict. Well, the highway from Princetown to Two Bridges on Dartmoor passes through one of the remotest and eeriest stretches of the moor. Is that the place where, like, the locals say, don't go on the moor at night? That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Okay. It was here that a spate of mysterious deaths occurred. The first in 1921, when a doctor from the nearby prison suddenly swerved on his motorbike and was killed instantly just a small, just past a small bridge that crosses the East Dart River. Strange reports followed, motorcyclists complaining about being struck and a farmer who nearly crashed his tractor after being attacked by, quote, some kind of wild, clawing beast. So it's a werewolf. <laughs> There's a werewolf as well as hairy hands. Well, only the hands have ever been identified. <laughs> Did they, have a, did they have a police line-up, did they? <laughs> oh, excuse me, sir, have you seen these hands? Can you pick out which pair they are? Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Okay, so anyone else been killed by them? or? Yeah, there was an account by a young army officer that really got people talking. 
Having got lost during a training exercise in a sudden thick fog, he was relieved to pick up the road to Princetown. When he arrived at the small bridge at the bottom of the hill, he spoke of feeling an icy chill and felt this sudden urge to run. That's it was the then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take his clothes off and run, yeah. Like yeah. Them, yeah. <laughs> it was then that he felt a pair of huge, powerful hands around his neck, crushing his windpipe with That's tremendous force. That's the who lives under the bridge. <laughs> In his struggle, he fell from the bridge into the freezing water, and it was only then in the dark, thrashing torrent, that he felt the giant hands relent. Well, so it's pushed him off the bridge, it's choking him, he's, he's drowning, and then the hands just go, eh, all right. <laughs> and then the hands just went, oh, there we go, don't do drowning, just strangle him. Probably cold, so it's ran away. Oh, yeah, well, it got hypothermia as well. Yeah. <laughs> but the most frightening account came from a couple of newlyweds touring Dartmoor on a caravan holiday. Well, first of all, they're on a caravan (laughs) holiday in Dartmoor, so they deserve everything they get. (laughs) On a honeymoon, nonetheless. That was probably an exciting thing that happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. The bands are rocking, don't come knocking, eh? (laughs) (laughs) When their vehicle broke down, the husband decided to follow the signs to Princetown by torchlight and told his wife to stay in the car and lock the door, and under no circumstances should she open it. They had parked just before the small stone bridge that crossed the river. Wrapped up under blankets, she was comforting herself with the thought of her returning husband when she heard a heavy thump on the roof of the car. <laughs> comforting herself while wrapped in heavy blankets. <sighs> Waiting for him to return. Waiting for him yeah. to return. Was she just getting warmed up, do you think? I think so. <laughs> she frantically fumbled for a torch and shined it towards the passenger side window where she was met with a terrifying sight. A pair of huge, hairy hands were clawing at the glass. Being a woman of faith, she had the presence of mind to draw a cross on the inside of the misty window, and much to her relief, the hairy hands retreated and vanished into the night. Why was the window misty? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like she caught her uh, masturbating. Yeah, sounds like she panicked. (laughs) It's just a dogger with hairy knuckles in it. <laughs> I think this. I think they just actually broke down in the middle of the Dartmoor's premier dogging site. Yeah. <laughs> She's flicking her beam, waiting for husband to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Some bloke just leans against the window. Whoa, you're right there, love. <laughs> oh, turn your inside light on. And you know, then she frightened him off. Well, her husband found her three hours later, huddled and tearful in the footwell, unable to speak coherently. All she could do was point to the huge handprints on the outside of the frosty window. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, it's at least they had an eventful honeymoon. It was a night they'll never forget. <laughs> He's really just thinking, well, I'm not getting any now, am I? No, definitely not. No. Sounds like she already got some, to be fair. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> those, those big hairy knuckles, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I warded him off. Yeah. I put a cross on the window and everything. I didn't let him in. I'm a good Christian woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm always I'm always down for um, a bit of local, well not local, a bit of British ghost stories because they're usually a bit more uh, interesting. I like that one. Hairy hands just floating around attacking people. <laughs> I'd love to know who they are. One day we've got to go on a road trip to all these places. Yeah. But everyone focuses on his hands. 
just his hands. It could be his massive hands. Do you think he's walking around with those giant Chewbacca hands? Oh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's just a bloke dressed as Chewbacca. <laughs> like, you know, he's doing cosplay. Wandering around the moor. <laughs> Hoping someone will join him. Trying to find his way to the Star, uh, Star Wars convention. Always trying to find Han. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm down for it. I'm. Go- <laughs> I want to go to this place now and see what happens. It's not going to wank you off, Ben. No. In that case, I'm not interested. <laughs> well, it might. <laughs> I'm not interested now. You know. It's gonna, it's gonna choke me. He has a fucking at least have the decency to give me a reach around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just common courtesy. <laughs> the least he can do. It's the least, exactly. It's the least he can do. Just manners, isn't it? Yeah. You're <laughs> helping him get off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the hairy hands, then. Yeah. When we were trying to call you earlier. You weren't answering. We tried calling like two or three times and we were starting to think maybe you uh, had disappeared. Think a bit more about those hairy hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Could be Wolverine. Could be. Could be. Just running around choking people. They <laughs> uh, give them reach arounds, apparently. <laughs> hey, goddamn you, Jackman. <laughs> Could be worse. I ain't letting him anywhere near me cock with them fucking spikes. No way. <laughs> yeah, your penis is another dimension anyway. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> anywhere near me stump now. Should I do the last, my last one? Then? I don't even want to ask questions about that. But the mic <laughs> is another dimension. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the multiverse. Okay. How'd yeah. that happen? He sent it there because of crotch goblins. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Watch out for those crotch goblins. You have. <laughs> you definitely have to, mate. It's, <laughs> you know, yeah. fucking nightmare. <laughs> it was just a fear that the safety of his own penis, he sent it to the multiverse. Where it would be safe. Yeah. Even from himself. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's travelling around, saving universes and shit like that. It's got a little cape and everything. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Spike the uh, Ace Rimmer. <laughs> What's his superhero name? Just, just a cock. <laughs> super, super cock, Captain obviously. Cock. Captain Cock. Captain Cock. There you go. <laughs> oh. Enough about my penis. Move on. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Ben's favourite subject. Oh. 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 He's only been here. He's only been on the air for like forty minutes. He's already ripping me. Yeah, he's done you. He's done you there. I'm still waiting to find out how much I'm getting paid for this. Um, <laughs> talk about that later. <laughs> I'll make a change from you talking about his penis. <laughs> <laughs> right, I will tell you all now. We'll go back to 1940. Right, Operation Cone of Power. That's why you should call his penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start calling mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when British witches attacked Adolf Hitler. Right. <laughs> it was the summer of 1940, just weeks after a narrow escape by the British armies at Dunkirk, and the United Kingdom was braced for the onslaught of a threatened German invasion. On the nation's south coast, 
Many areas of invasion from the sea, towns and villages are transformed by sandbags, barricades and barbed wire into coastal redoubts where volunteers kept watch on the sea and the sky. The Battle of Britain was yet to reach its peak, but the drone of enemy planes could be heard flying overhead. In the town of Highcliffe-on-Sea, a secretive group of witches and spiritual seekers resolved to do what they could to defend their country. It's said they arranged to meet in an ancient forest before midnight on August the 1st, 1940, the eve of Lammas Day, a harvest festival and one of the greatest sabbats of the neo-pagan religion known as Wicca. It sounds like a really bad script of like a B-movie, doesn't it? <laughs> version of Hellboy. Uh, yeah. Like witches versus Hitler or something. <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah, I <laughs> it sounds terrible, but I'd watch it. Uh, <laughs> You've seen Iron Sky. Can't That's get much true. worse than that. That's true. Still, I love that movie. Yeah. It's terrible, but I love it. They are said to have staged a magical assault on the mind of Adolf Hitler in distant Berlin by means of a ritual that became known by the mock military codename Operation Cone of Power. <laughs> I can't take that seriously, no? No. <laughs> Apparently, not the first time magic has been used to stave off invasion of the British Isles. All right, okay. What other occasions were they? Uh, the first in 1588, when the Spanish Armada became discouraged after being scattered by storms. And then in 1805, when Napoleon called off his planned invasion of England. So it was bad weather. and somebody Yeah. It was just like, yeah, that was me. Yeah. That was definitely me. Yeah. I did that. Well, you know, it's like when, when there's a hurricane yeah. on the way to America and some evangelical preacher goes out and starts praying. Yeah. And he's like, Turn away, God come and then it actually does just turn away through because it does. That's yeah. what hurricanes do, and no one can predict what they're going to do. Then they claim credit. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Uh, okay, <laughs> brag though, isn't it? It's a big brag. I command the weather. <laughs> I like the fact that Francis Drake is knocking around with a group of sea witches at a headland called Devil's Point <laughs> and attacking the Spanish ships with magical storms. That's fucking ace. And another group of English witches cast spells to deter Napoleon. Nothing to do with the Battle of Trafalgar, where he lost his navy, therefore couldn't invade. But st- no, all witchcraft. What did they do to stop him? Who? The witches? Yeah. Stop Hitler? No, Napoleon. Oh, they just sort of cast spells on him to deter him from invading. Why didn't they just attack him with weather like the other ones? Well, they hadn't invaded yet. Okay. <laughs> if I had weapons, my, my main weapon was attacking them with weather. I'd just be throwing storms at everyone. Well, yeah. They performed a preemptive strike. Well, yeah, just yeah. destroy all the landing barges. Just make all the weather outside of the country just constant storm, so no one could yeah. no one could get in. Protect the entire country with some kind of storm front. Yeah. Then every ship would have to have a witch on board to let the the, the, the returning ships in. Yeah. I like it. Just attack them with giant waves as well. And just tsunami the fuck out of France. Yeah. yeah. Why is it always France? <laughs> it's always France. Napoleon was from France. <laughs> technically Corsica but you know he was in charge yeah. interesting fact about the planned Napoleon's planned invasion of England he was going to do it by land he was going to do it by sea air and tunnel interesting yeah they were going to basically get a load of hot air balloons fill the baskets with soldiers fly them over land with ships the traditional way and also he was planning to dig the first channel tunnel fair play yeah He's nothing if not ambitious. 
So, witches did cast spells to stop Hitler landing after France fell. It was a guy called Gerard B. Gardner, who effectively wrote the book on Wicca in 1954. They met, raised the great cone of power, and directed the thought at Hitler's brain. You cannot cross the sea. Just as their great-grandfathers had done to Napoleon, and their remoter forefathers had done to the Spanish Armada. So they say. Yeah. Gardner says... I'm not saying they stopped Hitler. All I'm saying is they saw a very, I saw a very interesting ceremony performed with the intention of putting a certain idea into his mind. And though all the invasion barges were ready, the fact was that Hitler never tried to come. Well, I, I think of two more reasons for that. The Battle of Britain, you know, the, um, the fact that you can't invade a country with an air supremacy. So once you haven't wiped out the RAF, you can't invade. And the fact that, you know, Britain did have the Royal Navy, which was the largest in the world at the time. <laughs> Yeah. Nah, it's definitely the witches. Definitely the witches. Definitely. You're going for witches. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that cone of power? Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> Behold yeah. my cone of power. <laughs> <laughs> you never saw that in Harry Potter, did you? <laughs> you did it the one I watched. <laughs> Get Hitler away. Intimidated yeah. him. Give out a big cone of power. They would only had one ball. Yeah. Very <laughs> big cone. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you reckon? A lot of bollocks again, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I like the idea of it. I want to make it into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the idea that the, the, these old legends like about Britain being invaded. It's like if you go, you know, Drake's Drum, for example. You ever heard the tale of that? No, I haven't actually. Uh, Drake's, Francis Drake had this, it's one of Drake's drums from on board the ship. Obviously, the phrase beat to quarters is nothing to do with masturbating. It's just to do with banging a drum and telling everyone something's about to happen. Apparently that drum, if England was ever to be invaded again, then Drake, he bang the drum and Drake will turn up and scour the enemy from the seas. Right, has anyone ever seen him turn up? No, no, no. I don't know if they've ever beat the drum, but I really like the idea that a bunch of drunk Navy officers in 1940 huh. broke into the museum and, and banged the drum to see if anything had happened. I don't know if that ever happened. I'd do it. But You'd be tempted, me. wouldn't you? You'd be it tempted. Would, yeah. Oh, we could solve this all in one problem. Hang on, just bang this drum. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So that's the cone of power. Did it stop Hitler? Maybe. Apparently, though, it was, uh, apparently, ah, hang on. I can throw, I can throw a returning friend into this. Go on then. Mr. Crowley. Apparently, did Operation Mistletoe, which was a ritual he did in the Ashdown Forest in early 1941, with a detachment of Canadian soldiers dressed in wizard robes and a dummy in Nazi uniform seated on a throne. <laughs> um, his son said that, his, well, his, his illegitimate son, Amado Crowley. He oh, witnessed right. that as a boy, apparently. Oh, I bet he's scarred for life, isn't he, that kid? Jeez. Why would you take your kid along on that trip? Because Crowley didn't give two fucks. I'll guarantee you there was a lot of heavy anal sex going on too. Yeah, sounds it. But he was a champion power bottom, Crowley. Uh (laughs) He possibly had the world's finest anus. (laughs) So I'm told. He's Apparently, a, Crowley. Extensive research. <laughs> well, we did do an episode on him. He could <laughs> even respond. I'm just Crowley, not his ass. Well, his ass came into it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he could receive the cone of power. <laughs> I bet that's, that's Mike. That's all he ever did every night. 
<laughs> Amado Crowley claimed that one result of his father's magical attack was a bizarre the bizarre episode in 1941 when the Nazi deputy leader Rudolf Hess made an unexpected solo flight over the North Sea, bailing out by parachute because he'd lost his way and run out of fuel. He made his journey in the misguided belief he could single-handedly convince the British to make peace, but he ended up in prison till he died in 1987. Fucking mental. I didn't know about that until recently. <laughs> what, Rudolf what, Hess? Yeah, what a maniac. Yeah, pretty much. Didn't quite go the way he wanted, did it? No, but to have the... The sheer ego to think, well, I'm going to go single-handedly to Britain, bail out, get purposely captured, and then say, right, let's make peace, eh? Let's negotiate something. And they're just going to be like, well, who the fuck are you? Are you number two, mate? He's got that big ball energy. He has got big ball energy. (laughs) (laughs) I like the fact that Crowley did it. I like that Crowley was involved. And they were doing all this weird occult shit than British intelligence because the Nazis had an occult thing, didn't they? So yeah. Oh, well, they've got that. So we need one. Hence, Hellboy started. Hmm. Yeah. Well, do you want to do the all last one, Mike? Yeah, man. Okay. Mother Teresa was a Cold War CIA agent. You mean apart from being a fake <laughs> and not being as stately as everyone said? Cold well, War CIA agent, eh? Apparently. And what did she bring to the table? The ability to put a tea towel on her head? Apparently she was used to stop India falling under the influence of the USSR. Right. What, by garroting KGB? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'd pay to see that. Mother Teresa as a a CIA hitman. Yeah. (laughs) That's a film. That's that's the movie. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I think we need to write these. (laughs) Copyright Mm. us. Operation Cone of Power and Mother Teresa Hitman Cone of Power Productions <laughs> That could be my porn company's name can, yeah. Cone of Power Mike That's what it's going to be called yeah. I've just thought of a film for this a name for this Mother Teresa film Go on then Octogerian Pussy Oh, actually, you know, she died recently, didn't she? R.I.P. to her. R.I.P.D. to her. Yeah. Well, uh, 1997 she died. Who, Mother Teresa? Yeah. I was on about the girl, woman that played Octopussy. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember her name, though. It's escaped me. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, I want to see it. I want to see Octogenarian Pussy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Go on, Mike, tell us about how she was running around Calcutta. Well, apparently she was working... With the KGB. She was working for US intelligence, using her influence to meet with USSR leaders and send covert messages back to officials in the US. Conspiracy theorist Jess McClintock said, My theory behind Mother Teresa's role as a spy was having her as an influence working for the people stopped India from becoming a stronghold for Russia during the Cold War. Wow. Well, I suppose if the Russians had got a hold of India, they sided with the USSR, that would be a lot of people they had on their side. Yeah. But. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit outlandish, isn't it? What, you mean more outlandish than the cone of power or the hairy hands or a giant squid attacking ships? All those seem like legitimate things to me. (laughs) 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 (la
I like it. I like. It. I don't like the idea of Mother Teresa to top the Cheetah Seeker agent. I don't like that. Apparently, in 2015, a Freedom of Information request sent to the U.S. government asking for records on Mother Teresa was rejected by the NSA on the grounds that the information was classified as top secret. Or they just didn't have anything. Following a sub- subsequent request in 2018 asking for a mandatory declassification review, the documents were released but were heavily redacted, containing only one paragraph of information. So they got Maybe something. She's under witness protection. No. And that's why. I don't get why they release stuff and then just redact a nail of like 99% of it. Maybe she was part of the mafia. They had to uh, put her under witness protection. Yeah. That's why they couldn't release anything. Oh, her name wasn't Mother <laughs> Teresa. It was like something Italian. Yeah. And they sent it to India as protection. Yeah. Go and be a nun. She thought she had to turn over a new leaf. Yeah. Try and right all the wrongs she'd done. Yeah. Be a Cold War warrior. Yeah. yeah. I'd watch that. Um, as long as there's no sex scenes in that movie. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> it's called Ocogenarian Pussy, the probably is. Oh, man. <laughs> but who's going to be banging it? Gorbachev. <laughs> Gorbachev. <laughs> so we meet again, Mother Teresa. Oh. <laughs> 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 Actually, Putin probably would have been head of the KGB at that point. Yeah, he put it in it. Putin does seem like the type to get all the bitches, to be fair. Yeah. He's, he's Russia's greatest love machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys riding around on a bear. Yeah. He just turns up to a date and just gives them a picture of him just shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you have to look forward to later. <laughs> Each time he's riding a different animal. There's Putin on a tiger. There's Putin on a horse. I want to see Tiger King, but with Putin. <laughs> that would be amazing. Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, is that... So is, Cold, is, is she a Cold War warrior? What do you reckon, Mike? Mm, I didn't think so, but then the fact that they redacted all the information, uh, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd pay to see it as a movie. Oh, yeah. That'd be a bit dull, though. Although you could hide a mach- some machine gun underneath those robes. <laughs> <laughs> snub-nosed doozy. Yeah, she could hide a snub-nosed doozy underneath those robes. <laughs> but they go, she go, oh, man, I've just got a scene. She goes into the KGB, the Russian embassy where the KGB are based. Yeah. And yep. it's like, it's like the end bit of the Matrix. She goes to the metal detector and it all goes, beep, 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 it goes off. And she's, she did the power slide. Yeah. <laughs> and then she like they're like, oh, can you step to the side, please? Put your stuff. And she just like opens the robe up. And she's got like, another set of robes underneath. But she is literally festooned with weapons. What do you reckon? Oh, sounds good, man. <laughs> I pay. I pay to see it. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> and, if we, and if we get a muff shot, then I'm definitely in. <laughs> And basic instinct. <laughs> Is lockdown been that lonely that you wait yeah. to look at Mother Teresa's straggly grey-haired muff? Yeah, I want to. I want to glance at a growler. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, <laughs> uh, on that note. <laughs> on that bombshell. I'm off for a wank. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you sure? 
We'll do fucked up facts instead, and we'll have a wank later. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. Uh, should we do some fucked up facts then? Yeah, can uh, we have the jingle? Facts, 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 facts. <laughs> fucked up facts. In the mid-1970s, Sweden sold North Korea 1,000 Volvos. Oh, right. Cor- <laughs> but North Korea has never paid for them making this the biggest car theft in human history. Oh, man. <laughs> you can't trust Kim Jong-un, can you? <laughs> well, the Swedish government continues to send twice-yearly invoices to Pyongyang for <laughs> £200 million. Pounds. <laughs> Why didn't... Surely the way it should work is like, right, you send us the money, we'll send you the Volvos. Well, Isn't that how it's not. not like, oh, well, here's your Volvos. No, we're not paying. I wonder if when they send the receipts, if they just send IOUs back. Yeah. <laughs> send some uranium. <laughs> Here's a lock we of have, Kim Jong-un's hair. We haven't got the money, but <laughs> you'd be willing to trade. <laughs> they just send a signed photo of Kim Jong-un. Here you go. That's and, worth it. And Putin. They're like, yeah, they keep sending us these. <laughs> yeah. So they're just passing them on to you. Just signed autographs of Putin. Mm. Send them to everyone. <laughs> I've never had one. Really? Yeah. I've got a few. Have you? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Biggest star theft in history. Wow. Yep, that mate. Nine in ten people report phantom phone syndrome. Feeling your smartphone vibrate in your pocket when it isn't. Happens all the time. I've had that as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've had that. Happens all the time. I like to put it in my nerve endings are just shot. It's because we're being brainwashed by our own phones. No, it's a possibility. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Do you want to know uh, which country consumes the most tea per person? Well, I'm going to guess it's... Well, the obvious answer is Britain, isn't it? Yeah, you'd be, yeah you're being correct. That's UK's third. Wow. Someone has it a guess. Not China, no. <laughs> <laughs> They've got all the tea after all. <laughs> India. Nope. Is it Japan? Nope. Damn. Ooh, uh, Mexico. It's, uh, it's a European country, I'll give you that. Uh, just like, European. It's only just a European country. Only just become, or? No, well, it's half in Europe, half in Asia. Turkey, half in Europe. Yes, yes, Turkey. Yeah. Turkey, eh? No, a little bit. <laughs> 3.1 kilograms per person per year. Well, yeah, they like oh. selling like flavoured teas. Yeah, yeah they do, good. yeah. Ireland, a second with 2.2. Well. And UK third, 1.9. So the Brits, the thing the Brits are most famous for, we're not even good at. Nope. Yeah, we're pretty crap at everything <laughs> we're famous for. Then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. They don't do very well with football, to be fair. Either. You leave the football team alone. <laughs> they're all right, then. <laughs> Not great, but they're all they're right. right. They try. They get by. <laughs> According to a 2016 study, dogs judge people who refuse to help their owners. Mm, I can see that. Dogs are excellent judges of character. You know, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I can go with that. They'll also, have, they'll also do anything for a sausage. <laughs> Not anything. I was going to wrong. <laughs> they'll also do anything for food. <laughs> My dog, Max, would. He'd be like, hmm, you're not helping him, but you're also giving me food, so I don't care. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Kaiser Wilhelm II lost a valuable arms contract by slapping the King of Bulgaria on the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So the King of Bulgaria went, nah, you're all right, we're not in for that. I'm not down for that, Kaiser. It's a proper power move, that is, isn't it? That's a problem. <laughs> I just slap on the arse, because, I mean, Kaiser Wilhelm had the, the, the German Empire, you know, greater Germany at the time. Most of Central Europe was German and Austro-Hungarian, Austro-Hungarian. So, you know, he's entitled to slap the king of Bulgaria on the arse, isn't he? <laughs> as long as he didn't call him Sweetie after. <laughs> I um... have my style. Apparently, piranhas bark. All right. That's what it says. <laughs> I don't intend to get close enough to disprove that or not. <laughs> yeah. Piranha, <laughs> No, he bark all the fucking time. <laughs> Does the neighbour shut that piranha? Yeah, up? the fucking piranhas been barking all night. I know I can't shut it up. <laughs> it wants blood. Every train in Tokyo plays a unique melody as it pulls into the station. Oh, that's nice. Recognise your train then, wouldn't you? You can hear the melody. Ah. They're all right with these trains, the Japanese, aren't they? Always on time, playing those songs. I've always fancied using that Japanese toilet that plays a tune when you flush it. <laughs> Makes a little rainbow hologram in the bowl. <laughs> well, they might give us a couple more. Outdoor cats tend to be far-sighted. Indoor cats tend to be near-sighted. All right. So where does that put your cat who does both? Twenty-twenty vision, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, fair enough. So if I have a cat, basically do one or the other with it. Yeah. In Sweden, the government can reject child names it deems inappropriate. <laughs> I like it. Wouldn't be so many little fucking Chardonnays and Keanu's trotting around, would there? It's a bit of an infringement on your rights, though, isn't it? Surely. Well, no, you want to call your kid a stupid name. It's not fair on the kid, is it? Well, to be fair, in 1996, a Swedish couple attempted to name their child B-R-F-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-
let him loose across the across the steppes of Asia into Russia. I think they got as far as I don't know if it was Genghis or not, but they certainly got as far as Eastern Europe, sort of borders of Germany. Impressive. He, he did have a lot of energy to burn, did Genghis? He was the original guy with energy. Aren't we so, all related to him somehow? Yeah, apparently. He that much. Yeah, something like stupid. That's impressive, isn't it? I'd better yeah. get started. <laughs> <laughs> That's the life I want, sort of a conqueror, you know, shagger. <laughs> Have a harem. Be great. Be awesome. Have 2,000 sons. Yeah? Go to war in your name. Yeah, you suck it, sit back and shag then. <laughs> <laughs> Pumping out more sons and daughters to take their place as they fall. Till only one remains. The heir. Then they can inherit everything. Yep. Because you won't have anything because you're too busy fucking them. Yeah, <laughs> the empire's falling apart because I'm too busy fucking, but... <laughs> you know, that's why I didn't manage to conquer the world. Yeah. He's too busy. I'm amazed you fit it all in, as it was. Hmm. I mean... What's the name of his sex tape? <laughs> nah. I think he's got the uh, the, the cone of power. <laughs> yeah. He must talk to him about that many descendants. Yeah. Fucking hell. Right. Shall we call that an episode then? Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, so thanks for listening. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavor aid and don't join a cult. Unless it's a tiger cult. Unless it's a tiger cult. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. You're going to say something there. You're going to think of us lying on the spot. That's probably on the spot. I can't think of anything cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Just say your name. Thanks for listening. I'm sure. Thanks for listening. <laughs> See, that's just sad. Lame compared to... <laughs> it's like, okay, bye. <laughs> They'll never probably never hear you again. You never know. I could guess. Oh, you're you. welcome, mate. You're welcome okay. anytime. I think I did did a good part. Yeah. Yeah, you did very well. Thanks. We applaud you. <laughs> you get a cutting the ball in a post through the pocket. It's half round of applause. I was expecting a standing ovation to be fair. Uh, sorry, that's the best we get. Oh, okay. It's the best we give on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening.